Hello and welcome to Unrivaled Experts, where we get the best of the best to share their insider secrets so you can get a shortcut to living a better life and running a better business. I'm Chris Gunkel, and joining us today is Steve Friedman. And Steve considers himself to be a bit of a late bloomer. After decades of struggling to find his true self, he finally uncovered and discovered this common thread of introversion while he was writing his memoir, In Search of Courage, an introvert story. And since then, he's begun to discover his strengths, how to embrace his introversion and use it for good. So now Steve enjoys connecting with others through his weekly blogs and quizzes on his website, beyondintroversion.com. And we'll talk about that later. And with his newest book, The Corporate Introvert, and his booklet, The Questions Introverts Ponder and the Answers Extroverts Need to Hear. So I'm excited to have Steve on because today we're going to talk about how introverts can reap the benefits of their greatest strength. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. I'm thrilled to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. I think it's a great opportunity to share a really important um, topic with your audience. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I feel like introversion is is something that's so misunderstood, and and it's almost something, I feel anyway, that people like feel like they need to feel bad about being introverted because everything we see on social media in the media and um, so many success stories and that sort of thing it's just people out there and they're talking with other people and 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 they're kind of you know always on and that's something that I don't feel like introverts connect with so I'm I'm kind of excited to set the record straight here and get your views on these things and see how we can use this as a strength so Let's just jump right into it. I, I want to kick it off with really defining what what it means to be introverted. Can you shed some light on that for us? Sure. There's lots of definitions floating around. I would highly encourage people not to go to their favorite dictionary or thesaurus because it is so antiquated and includes terms like antisocial, loner, wallflower, and icicle, truly. And it says, you know, basically it's the opposite of extrovert is what some of these uh, dictionaries state. And that gets into the psyche of, of the community, of society, and certainly of introverts. And the truth is, while everybody is different, including introverts are a span across a wide continuum, that um, really, if we get down to one thing, introversion is how you um, generate and use your energy. So one of the examples I like to give is at the end of a, a, a work day or a long week, an extrovert is likely to want to go out with some friends, maybe go bar hopping, go socialize, have a nice dinner. That's the way they relax and also um, gain energy. It's a, um, so they're not usually going to just do one social thing during the weekend. They may do several even in the first night. An introvert, on the other hand, is... Um, while we may socialize, it's probably going to be with a smaller group of people that we are familiar with for a shorter period of time. And a lot of the other time during the night or the weekend is going to be spent um, uh, oftentimes alone. And and some people feel like that's a sad thing, but actually introverts get a lot of energy off of being alone, thinking, pondering their own thoughts, um, diving into hobbies, creative hobbies oftentimes. And that's the way they build their energy up. 
And, um, and it's not only at the end of the week, but something that introverts are striving to learn how to do during the day so that they can maintain the energy during the day and not feel like they have to compete with others in the way that, that the extroverts around them might generate energy. And I think that's a, a great definition, a way, a great way to look at it. So if, if you're the person, you, you've done something that requires a lot of energy, whether it's your work week or you're, you're, you're you know, kicking off a new project or something like that, and, and now it's time to unwind. And you're thinking to yourself, whenever your friend texts you about going out for dinner, oh my gosh, the last thing I want to do mm-hmm. is go out. Classic introvert. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's oftentimes the case. And it's not that, um, you know, I think there's a really bad misperception that introverts can't socialize or don't want to socialize. But I think the truth is that we need to do it at our own pace and our own time, usually in a smaller group. Um, I think COVID was... um, as difficult for introverts as extroverts in some ways, because yeah, we might like to do more things at home, but this was an extreme for everybody, right? Over the last couple of years and introverts need that interaction, but they need it on their own time. And uh, they don't, they don't need to compete with others that are always out front and with high energy and, and um, owning the room, but they need to have that opportunity to, to, uh, to socialize with other people. Um, so it's a, a component of who we are, but it's not usually what drives us or what is our first go-to way to energize at the end of a work week. Do you feel that introverts almost feel the need to be apologetic for being introverted? I think so. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And I think many introverts, I know I suffered for years, decades with low self-confidence. And I think many introverts assume that introversion and low self-confidence or self-esteem are, are go hand in hand. But the fact is that it's not really the case at all. I think what creates the low self-esteem um, is really that we don't understand the introversion. We don't understand who we are, what our strengths are, which we have many, just like extroverts do as well, but they're different. And um, if we don't understand that, then we shrink. Um, behind the extroverts because we feel like, oh, these these people are obviously very confident. They're out there owning the room. They're always the life of the party. They seem to run the meetings. And so, you know, I feel like I'm second fiddle and I am oftentimes apologetic because, hey, I'm not the the loudest one in the room or really participating in a way that others do. And, but the reality is once we understand the real strengths of introversion and of ourselves in particular, then we can, um, we can do well in meetings and social events and other places. And not only should we not be apologetic, but, but many people will find introvert and extrovert that the strengths and perspective that we have is different and highly valued, especially in this world where diversity is a, a key driver in many organizations. Um, it's just a change from where many of us usually come from. And, and you mentioned introverts often feel like like they're playing second fiddle. I should say we. I, I consider myself introverted. We, you know, we feel maybe like we're playing second fiddle. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we don't feel like we're contributing as much as other people because we're not talking as much or maybe not mm-hmm. quite as comfortable in certain environments. Um, but you mentioned the strengths of introversion. What are some of the classic strengths? What are these things that 
that we can start to recognize about ourselves and really embrace and foster. So there's um, several strengths, and you mentioned uh, quizzes on my website, and there's a free quiz on the website, which um, I would encourage people to take and, and learn from. I'll just um, cover a few of them here. One of the most important and common strengths, again, everybody's different, but these, these came up time and time again in the, in the results of the quiz, which over 1,600 people actually have taken so far, and that's listening, listening and observation. So many times, I mean, we've all been in a meeting whether we're introvert or extrovert, and you might see some of the people on the periphery that are not very active in the discussion, oftentimes they're listening, they're observing. Um, that is a strength that introverts should leverage and really um, uh, utilize. So instead of shrinking and saying, geez, I wish I could compete with all these other people that are uh, um, striving for airtime in the meeting, the reality is that's not our game. Our game is we're better off to listen and observe, hear the different perspectives, prepare, which is another strength I'll talk about in a minute, prepare for those meetings. And then as we go through that meeting, we can start to um, pull all these different perspectives and thoughts together to, to find really unique uh, creative solutions or problem solving um, ideas that other people don't really put the time in to develop because they're really just trying to share what they know and share what they think and compete for that airtime. And so listening, I, I believe listening is learning. And so rather than feel like I'm not really um, participating in the side of the room, that use that time to gather the information and then put out those concise and unique perspectives that oftentimes other people will be like, wow, that, that is great and can turn the meeting around. So listening and observing is, is the first one. The uh, second one I would say is uh, balanced, behave balanced behavior and approach. So in part because we listen and learn, a lot of the value we have is looking at the pros and cons of different perspectives. So many people will come into meetings and they've got their position and they that's what they're going to espouse during the meeting and throughout the meeting. Others may fall into, into line with that. And so we end up with groupthink, everybody kind of buying into the, the tune of the meeting without really thinking about the values. Introverts tend to look at both sides, the pros and cons of um, situations, balance those out, and, um, and then espouse what they believe are the important factors that other people need to understand and think about in the meeting. So it can really be a check and balance against those other people that are uh, more aggressive, perhaps, in the meeting. And then yeah, the so third, we, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you real quick before you get to the third. I apologize. Um, you know, so so I see this a lot of times as you know the the introvert is the person that's like everybody's presenting, they're giving their points of view, and then they're the ones raising their hand. Okay, yeah, but mm -hmm. uh, did we think about this or did we think about that? Is are, are they typically the ones doing that sort of thing? They are. They are. And they raise their hand. It's a great point. They Oftentimes we raise our hands because, you know, we're, we're not the confrontational one that likes to nudge our way into the middle of a conversation with three other people that are going back and forth. And, you know, so we raise our hands and then we have those perspectives that other people haven't thought about. And um, so it's a great point. And I, I think it's needed and should be encouraged by the meeting uh, leader and by other people in the room. Love it. Yeah. So everybody, as you're listening in here, start seeing if, if any of these things resonate with you. If you're doing these things, um, you know, that's that's good. Now, now you can identify, you know, what you are, an introvert. 
oh my gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but now you know, and then and then knowing that, which is a lot of what you're doing with Steve, but knowing that is really going to give you strength because now you can harness it. So I'll stop interrupting. Go ahead with number yeah, three. That's great. No, uh, the third one and the most prevalent one among introverts with our quiz, um, and one that I certainly can can attest to is planning and preparation. So we're oftentimes planners, whether it's for meetings or social events or life goals, that sort of thing. And um, introverts by nature and almost by definition are very introspective. So we think a lot and that leads to planning. Um, oftentimes we might feel, we might shrink behind that and feel that uh, planning is, is a dull thing and it's not really the energetic uh, thing that that is valued in the organization, but planning is not only important for every organization and every meeting to be successful, but for introverts themselves to be successful, we really need to plan. So I think that um, we benefit from time and space. So if we have a meeting coming up, um, many people will go into that meeting just without really preparing because they may understand the topics, they have their opinions, they come in, they shoot from the hip, and they participate in the meeting. That is not usually a strength of introverts. What we benefit from is, first, making sure we have the agenda, thinking about who the attendees are and what their agendas may be, and who might be an ally or or somebody that we might have contentious views with, um, and perhaps addressing those in advance. Uh, and also, if it's a complex or extensive meeting to have the pre-read. So we can read through that, think about the topic that's going to be discussed. What questions do we have? What points, what important things do we think need to be on the table in that meeting? Jot them down, bring them to your meet to the meeting. Um, that extra time to prepare for a meeting can make all the difference. So instead of feeling like we're just being bombarded by new facts and trying to figure all this out in our head, that we come well prepared to be a active, valued participant in the meeting. And, and it, frankly, it's not only for meetings, but it's for the other area that that many introverts are nervous about. But it's socializing and networking. Think about who's going to be at the at the party or the cocktail hour. What do we have in common? What questions do we have for them? What topics would we like to share with them? And so we it really helps to calm the anxiety and be able to go in prepared and understanding that we do bring a lot to the to the table. So that confidence can really carry us into really beneficial conversations. Yeah. And you just said the word, I was just going to say, you know, that preparation for me equals confidence. And and mm-hmm. you just said that, but that's, you know, what I think is so necessary because it's, it's easy. I think a lot of times for somebody who's a little more introverted to, to yield the floor, right. If, if they're mm-hmm. up there, they're trying to make a point and somebody starts, um, you know, pushing back a little bit if we're not prepared and don't have that confidence in what we're saying, it might be a little bit easier for us to back away. So I, I love what you're saying, you know, getting that preparation in, kind of running through scenarios in our head ahead of time. And uh, and we're just ultimately going to be much more successful. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I, I think the bottom line is that, I mean, for years, I felt like my own introversion was a curse. And only after I realized not only what introversion truly was, so the current proper definition instead of the rubbish in the dictionaries, but then to realize and learn what are my strengths, um, like the three that we've discussed, and how can I use them so that I can have be successful in meetings, social events, networking, and, and the like. Um, because 
our way to success is not to change ourselves to be like others that seem like they're successful, but have very different personalities and strengths than ours, but to be ourselves, to realize and learn what our strengths are, practice them, and be prepared to utilize those strengths to be um, a valued contributor in all those different situations. And it's not, it doesn't come about um, overnight, but it, it comes from learning and it comes from practicing. And that from that, I think we develop that confidence that helps us in all those situations um, to be ourselves. Yeah. And I know that's something that you work a lot with is, is helping people discover this about themselves. I, I know you've said that you felt like you were wearing a mask for a good portion of your life, which is which is incredibly taxing and and exhausting to do that, and I feel like a lot of people do because we feel like oh we need we need to fit in with what this other person is doing because that's what success looks like or that's you know that's you know what we should be doing what society is expecting of us um, and, and I know you come alongside people and kind of help shed this light on it help them to identify you know what's going on and understand themselves and their introversion and and part of that i know you've you've laid out five phases of introversion can you speak to these five phases and and what they mean and how we can go through them sure I, you know i think it's it's one of the first things that i talk about with with new clients or anybody that we're talking about introversion because i think it's interesting to find out for ourselves what phase we're in and that really helps to kind of trigger where we go from here so the first phase is um unaware so Many of us are in that phase when we're kids. So, you know, I've, I felt different. I had three older sisters that were all pretty extroverted and I didn't know the term introvert, but I just felt different. I wasn't the one running outside to play with kids. When my mom nudged me out, I still wanted to go back home after a while and do my own thing in the house. Um, so I knew I was different, felt like that in school. I didn't know why. Um, and that sort of thing is pretty demeaning just to kind of be floating around and, and feeling that, um, that uh, you're different and maybe not stacking up with people around you. Uh, the second phase is uninformed. So somewhere along the line, oftentimes, and we may be teenagers or even in our 20s, we, take, we may take a Myers-Briggs personality test or some other test that suddenly we realize that that sort of fits us and we're introverts. Okay, so I connect with this label, um, but I don't really understand what it means. And, and many times, I know for myself, I took two of those personality tests. They gave me a label. They gave me a short piece of paper that told me what that was supposedly about. But we didn't have a good discussion about it. And so I was really left to affix myself with the traditional myths and um, incorrect perceptions of what introverts were. And so it really dragged me down even further that I felt like, man, I'm really, how can I compete with other people in business when um, I supposedly can't um, socialize or put two words together? And so that was really tough. The third phase is enlightenment. Um, so this is a phase that can be triggered by at, at any point in time. Some people go through enlightenment when they're a teenager and some people go through enlightenment when they're 80 years old. I had a, um, somebody respond to one of my blogs and say, I finally get it. And she's 80 years old and she spent seven decades 
trying to figure out or, or really feeling that she was um, not good enough because she was an introvert. But when you get to enlightenment, which may be triggered by a discussion with somebody who really wants to talk about the truths of introversion and, and be supportive of you, could be a, you know, a family member, a friend, a therapist, um, could be that you read a book like Susan Cain uh, wrote Quiet, which is kind of the Bible for introverts in the 21st century, or any other source. And then suddenly you uh, a light goes off that, ah, there's a lot more I really need to understand because I think these things that were dragging me down in the past may not really be true. And I think I can really benefit from learning. So this phase oftentimes goes very quickly because finally we're excited about introversion. So we, we gobble that up through a variety of different places, learn about our strengths, learn about who we truly are and what we can be. And it's very exciting. It goes to the fourth phase, which follows thereafter, and that's contentment. So maybe for the first time in our lives, we're content. We're pretty happy with who we are. I'm fine to, to go out to lunch by myself. I'm fine to say, you know, I, I'm happy to go to a party and I'm happy to leave when I feel like my energy is drained. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And, um, and so I don't need to hide. I don't need to wear a mask like I, like I did for, for decades at work. But I'm comfortable to be who I am. And that's a great place to be. The fifth phase, which many people, but not everybody may go into, is what I call flourishing. So suddenly, you know, you're pra practicing these strengths and get, getting more and more confident. And many of the goals that you had, whether they're work and career goals or life goals, relationship goals, that you might have thought, this is really not possible for me as an introvert, suddenly you find that um, these strengths can carry you through to do whatever you want to do. And so people flourish by saying, you know, I'm going to try and do these things, or I'm going to be a, lead, a team leader at work, or I'm going to um, uh, socialize when and how I want to. And suddenly we, we flourish and we're everything that we really want to be. And so I think uh, we're all in one of these phases. Um, we may be floating between a couple of phases and, and, and some of your listeners may be, uh, 15 or they may be 75, but I really would encourage people to kind of think about where, where am I and how can I get to that next phase? Um, and I would encourage you to, to learn, to look at books. Um, our website is really intended to be a repository for the community. So we have books, we have blogs, we have quizzes, we have other introvert advocates that are um, in our resource page. It's all free and it's uh, intended to help those move along on their own personal journey. Yeah, and I love it. And, and it, it's never too late, everybody. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if it's something that you're you're struggling with or you have been your whole life, but now you're not working anymore, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Hey, it does. It's it's never too late to go out, take advantage of some of these resources and really understand how you work. It's like once you understand it, once you can define it and work with it, it's like breaking free of those shackles. You know, it's like a whole new you. It's amazing. Amen. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So you have given us so, so much great information here because this is such a misunderstood topic. Um, we have a, a huge percentage of the population is introverted. Mm -hmm. what, what's that number, Steve? How um, It varies, but ranges from about 40 to 60 percent. And, and that's pretty common across society and probably most every workplace. So I always feel like we're kind of the hidden half. 
because you wouldn't, you know, if you ask some uh, crowd who's an extrovert, many people would raise their hand. If you ask them who's an introvert, very few would probably raise their hand, but we are out there. So, so you're not alone. Many people are going through this and there's lots of information and avenues for people to gain the self-confidence to be themselves. Yeah. And, and again, once you know about, once you know what it is, once you can really harness those strengths, um, it's a whole new you. You can really be successful in life, be successful in business. There, a quick Google search will will bring up a list of very successful introverts in the world. Steve, I love the work that you're doing and really bring you know opening people's eyes to this and and really being able to embrace their introversion and how they can use it. You have a lot of great resources from your website to your books. Go ahead and tell us how we can learn more about what you're doing. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Um, the best way to get in touch with me or check out any of the material that, that we have is to join the website. It's www.beyondintroversion.com. From there, you can uh, check out the quizzes, including the strengths quiz that we talked about, books, uh, blogs, websites, other podcasts, um, lots of information. Um, for everybody that signs up to the website, which is all free, and you can unsubscribe if you want to down the road, that you also get the booklet that Chris mentioned at the beginning. Um, so it's uh, questions and introverts ponder and answers that extroverts need to hear. And so there's lots of information. So please check it out. Um, I love to answer uh, emails as well. So any questions that you have, uh, send them my way. And uh, hopefully this is a, a, a place that you can go to to help with your own journey and, and, uh, and learning process. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for those resources. That's beyondintroversion.com. Make sure you check it out. I will definitely link it up in the show notes. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. Thanks a lot, Chris. My pleasure. Thanks for being here and checking out our latest amazing guest, be sure to head over to unrivaledexperts.com to learn from more incredible experts so you can get a shortcut to living your best life. Mm -hmm.